Hello friends, how are you? My name is Colm and this is the Sober Mess podcast and you're very welcome. Today I am absolutely chuffed to have a very special guest on the podcast, a fellow sea dipper and she sea dips over the west coast in Clare, Spanish Point. Today I'm joined by June Curtin of Snavi. Sasta, I, I probably pronounced that wrong, and apologies, June, which is Irish for happy swimmers. June has led the creation of Snavi Sasta, a community of swimmers who take to the sea each day in Spanish Point in Clare. So I'm absolutely chuffed and delighted to have her here on the podcast. So how are you, June? I'm great, thank you. I'm great. I'm great, Colm. Thank you so much for inviting me uh, onto your podcast. I'm delighted to be able to talk to you today. I'm absolutely chuffed to have you on and I love Claire. I love, I've, I've been able to deal in a couple of times, La Hinge and one of my favourite poets, John O'Donoghue was, uh, is a County Clare man and he's always, uh, in all his poems, he's always talking about the beautiful uh, West Coast of uh, Clare. So, it's a beautiful place. It is indeed, yeah. You'll have to come and join us for a swim one day. I'd love going out to Spanish Point and, uh, yeah, and it's not the beautiful thing about sea dipping though that you can go nearly anywhere around Ireland and meet other communities that are into the sea and like you're all there for the same reason more or less, just to get that effect of sea swimming, you know? It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful and even up here at the 40 foot, like, you know, there's times you go down there on your own and you wouldn't even like, like plan on meeting anyone and you just end up having like conversations with people or talking to people again just even getting a nice gesture you know could be a smile a hello how are you getting on and just like even the energy the the good mood that puts people in you know and i remember hearing a guy say you know he doesn't always like the man that gets into the sea but he always likes the man that gets out of the sea and what he means is that like sometimes he just has a lot of stuff going on in his life or on his mind and he gets into the sea and it just seems to just refresh him and reset him and he gets out and he just has this big smile on on his face like you know yeah absolutely you always come out of the sea uh feeling better i think no matter i always say to people no matter what your mood uh if you're feeling low you'll come out feeling great and if you're feeling great you'll come out feeling even better i don't think i've ever had a swim that i've regretted funny enough you know sometimes you it's hard to get in in the depths of winter, I suppose, and you're sitting in your car and you might have the heated seat on and you're looking out at a wild sea and it's wet and windy and cold and dreary and it's hard to get in. And I always have to remind myself of how I feel when I come out of the water, I suppose, and I don't think I've ever done a swim that I've regretted. Yeah, it's, it's wild, you know, there's a few times when we're getting into the 44, you know, in the, in the middle of January, you know, be sleet and snow and the waves be looking rough and, you know, and, and I'm thinking to myself, I just really don't want to get in here, like, you know, and next day I'd get in and I'd feel absolutely like incredible like you know and then i get out and going right that's that's the reason i get in like you're, before you get in you go why am i doing this to myself and then you get out and you're like yeah that's why that's why i'm doing this so june tell us how did you discover the power to see well i suppose um i probably should share my backstory first in august 2013 i lost my husband to suicide and my children were five and nine and um, for a long time, I, I was brought up by the sea all my life, actually. 
I'm 51 and um, I, it's only in the last four years that I found the sea, would you believe? And um, a stone's throw literally from the beach all my life and brought up in a family business. And I suppose during the busy summer months of giant August, um, my siblings and I were always working. So we never got to the beach and as a result, I never learned to swim. So it's only in this I took to the sea because I was struggling with my own mental health, I suppose, after the passing of my husband. And I was so busy caring for my children that I had completely neglected myself. And um, four years ago, I decided to go to the beach one morning and go for a swim. Suffering very badly from stress and anxiety, the aftermath of my husband's suicide probably had taken its toll on me and... Um, I was just not in a good place myself and I knew at this stage for me it was sink or swim and I had two young children depending on me so I couldn't afford to sink. So one morning I, uh, in the month of June I decided to go down for a swim and I, I say it to people all the time it's almost like you leave your troubles on the shoreline and for those five or ten minutes I got into the ocean and there were strong waves that morning and I, all I could think about for those 10 minutes was, was, I suppose, surviving the waves coming at me at that very moment. I had no time to think about anything else. And of course, the cold water therapy, they always say, is great too. Um, it, for me, it just calms the mind and I leave my troubles on the shoreline and I forget about all that's going on. And I come out of the water a different person and I always feel like I can take on I can, I'm better able to take on anything that comes at me at any given day once I've had my morning swim. That's powerful, June. What was your was your husband was he was he sick for a while or was this out of the blue? Um he did suffer with his mental health, yes. Um and I suppose um men find it hard to talk sometimes and he found it particularly hard to talk about his mental health. And um, unfortunately, he didn't get the help he needed. He just, he couldn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. He couldn't see a way out. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's it's, it's so Thank true, you. you know, and yeah, I've, I've had a, I've had my own bouts of like depression and, and struggling with my mental health, particularly, you know, before, um, before I got sober like that, I always struggled to open up and talk to people because I think anyone else seemed to struggle with their mental health because they go into work and everyone's chatting and laughing. I get on the bus, home, everyone's chatting or sitting on their phone. You know, I go, I go and play football with my friends and they're all laughing and joking. And I'm, I'm carrying this real feeling of dread and, and loneliness and, and darkness within me. And I'm like putting on this mask because I see everyone else smiling and chatting and getting on with life. And but yeah, I don't feel like that. But maybe if I just pretend, it'll go away. And you know, I just felt it getting worse and worse and worse. And you know, feeling like I didn't have anyone to turn to or, or talk to. You know, and and like that. In my case, I turned to the drink. You know, and and drink being a depressant. You know, I'd get that high where everything was all that the feeling of depression and loneliness and the inner uh, void that I felt went away for a short time while I was drinking. But then as soon as I got sober again the next day, it was amplified. That feeling of anxiety, that feeling of fear, that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of, 
you know, feeling different or feeling like a black sheep. I get it back like tenfold. So then I drink again to numb it out. And I was just, I was caught in that cycle. And I was really lucky, kind of looking back, you know, that I did, I did plan to take my own life because I didn't see any other way out, you know, because the drink stopped working. It stopped giving me that sense of escape. But the fear and the anxiety and depression was just getting worse and worse. And my plan A was kind of just to end it all. And plan B was to get sober. But I think at the time, just got a different plans for me, you know, and I was very lucky that I crossed paths with people who were also went down the same road in terms of depression and alcoholism. And they, they told me a bit of a story and they introduced me to like a, a sober community and a 12 step program. And with the, the kind of narrative within that 12 step program is like a lot of people sharing about their mental health and talking about where they're at that, that particular day with their mind or with their life or the things they're struggling with or even the things that they're grateful for. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was an amazing resource for me to be able to open up and talk and, you know, it gave me the ability not only to talk about my emotions and my mental health, but it gave me like a vocabulary where I can describe and articulate feelings that I had. Because I, I had all these feelings, and but I never knew how to put a put a label on them and say, oh, this is depression, this is anxiety, this is low self-esteem. You know, I feel it so much, I feel it in my whole body. And that thing of, of anyone else, does anyone else feel like that, you know? Um but yeah, so like, I, 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 and my brother-in-law as well committed suicide uh, a couple of years ago when, we, when my nephew was only one, you know, and my sister was left distraught after it. And, you know, and, and still to today, that's had a massive impact on, on like my sister and like the whole, everyone in the family, like, you know, and it's... I think everybody is impacted by uh, death by suicide. And also I think... Um, it's it's years to come. I mean, I'm on my journey of grief, 10 years, and um, some days it feels like yesterday, you know. And I suppose your story, um, as hard as it is to talk, as soon as you start talking, um, you realise that you're not alone and that there are many people in similar circumstances. And sometimes when you realise that you're not alone, it makes things that little bit easier to... But I suppose it's finding the courage to speak out and say, you know, I'm struggling here. I, I need help. And I always think it's the bravest thing anybody can do is say, I need help. Yeah. What was your was your husband like showing any symptoms of like depression or being off or anything like that in the build up yeah. to it? With his depression. So I was aware that he was he wasn't uh, very well at the time. But I didn't expect that anything like this would ever happen because he had, we had a very happy life. We had a beautiful family, two children. We didn't really have any financial worries. We weren't wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but um, we were comfortable, you know, and he absolutely idolized his children. They were his whole world. And um, so neither... None of us expected this to happen, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that, Joan. Mm, what, what, thank you. What made you choose to see? Like, when that happened, I'd say you were just numb and just didn't know what to do or how to process the situation. Why did you choose to see? Um, I suppose I, I suppose I learned the hard way that you can't fill from an empty cup. 
And um, I knew I was always at the assumption that if my children were okay, I too would be okay. So I was putting all of my time and energy into looking after them. And I had completely neglected myself. So when I found the sea, um, it was a huge change for me because I was taking time out of my day every day. And it may only be carving 10 or 15 minutes out of my day for me. And uh, the cold brings the calm. You're on a natural high from the ocean and connecting with nature and uh, the mental and physical benefits are phenomenal. And for me, I suppose, uh, four years ago, the mental benefits far outweighed the physical benefits. So um, as soon as I started sea swimming, I knew that um, I was going to commit to doing this every day and making that time for me. So the, and the first time you went in, did you get that feeling of, wow, this is this is exactly what I need? I did. I knew straight away, I suppose, because I was in the water for 10 or 15 minutes and I probably just cried all the time I was there. And it was like a release almost, you know, I had been so stressed and I was on my knees at this stage and I found the ocean and its healing powers and I, I had often heard people talking about the benefits of sea swimming and how good it is for your mental health and this is long before you know uh, COVID people really took to the sea during COVID I think but I was doing this long before COVID and I knew if I felt this good myself I wanted others to feel what I felt and also I suppose I knew that I wouldn't commit to going every day on my own if I didn't, I suppose, put it out there. And uh, I set up an Instagram page called at Snobby Sosta, and I started promoting the benefits of sea swimming, the importance of mental health awareness and just getting the word out there. And um, somebody said recently, if you build it, they will come. And I suppose, as I say, I started to get the word out there and word spread and I have people coming from the four corners of Ireland now to join me for a swim every day of the week. And uh, even further afield, I had people from Canada this morning joining me at 9.15 who had heard about Snobby Sosta and it was on their bucket list while visiting Ireland. And um, yeah, that's I suppose that's huge for me. That's That's amazing that it's gone so global. You know, yeah. I love that you build it, build it and it will come like, like Noah's Ark, you know, build the ship and like home. And yeah. that's fascinating. You know, that's it went so global. And the thing is, as well, it's such a positive thing. And and for such a traumatic event in your life and how you turn it around and not only to, to, to heal your own, your own kind of things going on in your life, but to, to, that, that ripple effect that also rubbed off other people and they seen the impact it had on you and they were like hold on this is a po really positive thing you know you want to get involved in this and you know to see it growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger you know it's it's amazing and i suppose it's a great way for people to connect as well i suppose sometimes as you get a little older in life it might be harder to make friends outside of going to the pub or a night out so it was another way for people to come together uh, where there isn't alcohol involved, actually, and maybe a cup of tea after the swim. Nothing like a cup of various tea after a cold dip. And um, that was great, too, because so many friendships have been formed through Snobby Sosta, which is amazing. And I suppose that's 
probably one of the things I'm most proud of. You know, at the weekends, on a Saturday and Sunday, when people aren't working and we have our swim and we go to the Armada Hotel, which is next door to the beach, and we have our cup of coffee and a pastry or a scone, and we sit and chat and we talk about our day, we talk about our week, we talk about what's going on, and a great, a safe space for people to come and to share stories. And that's very important. That's, I love that. I love it so much. And it's so true. Like, the community is, is so vital now. You know, to be able to have a good, positive circle of people around you, like it's, and we're, we're like, we're social creatures, you know, we need, like for me, I need to be around positive, like-minded people, you know, and because I know that, like, it's so easy to get, you get, get like, get so zoned in with your job or zoned in on your phone. And before you know it, you're, you're like isolating without even realising you're isolating. And you're starting to feel low, you're starting to feel off, and you're just starting to feel, oh. And I always find that, like, when I get down to the 44th day, we're going down for a sunrise swim, and I see a few pals down there, I always come away just feeling great and it's just that togetherness you know that community aspect and I think that's why really anything that has a community element to it it could be the football team it could be the sea swimming the running the the crossfit you know um, you know whatever the, the, it's a like minded community like you know and it's it's um, bringing people together and getting people to talk and also spending time outdoors and spending time in nature it's just it's good for the soul. I think you you always leave feeling better than when you came on any given morning. And it doesn't matter what the weather is. Often on a wet day, it can be the best day. I always find a rainy day. You know, you could have torrential rain and there's something exhilarating about getting out of your car and getting into the cold sea on a wet morning with a beautiful group of swimmers. And a couple of songs in the water, maybe we sing a couple of songs oh, and I love it. have a bit of crack. I love it. Are you, are you the lead singer? Do you? <laughs> well, I can't say I'm a great singer, but I like to think after a few drinks, maybe that <laughs> the, the, the Dutch courage no, starts. I, I, don't, I don't have a great singing voice. I don't believe that. I say you're a great singer. <laughs> that's, that's, Jim, that's powerful. And come here, so. After that, like after the whole event in your life, what what did the like what did the healing process look like? Like, and it's it's very slow, and um, it's one day at a time. I like your own journey. Sometimes you try not to think too far ahead. Sometimes one hour at a time, and sometimes one minute at a time. And for me, every day is different. You know. Um, as I say, I wake up every morning and I tell myself, June, today is going to be a good day. And I think you're halfway there when you when you wake up with that positive attitude. And I have a gratitude journal beside my bed. And each night I write down three things that I'm grateful for in that day. And I think, you know, no matter how bad your day has been, there is always something to be grateful for. And uh, it takes a lot of work. Um, Somebody asked me recently how I stay so positive all the time. And it's not easy, but it takes work. And it's also, I think it's about the people you surround yourself with. Because if you surround yourself with negativity, it's going to bring you down. And for me, I have to surround myself with the right people and like-minded people. And I have a very small circle of friends and um 
and a wonderful huge circle then of a swim community which is wonderful and I like to I'm very careful with who I spend my time with because um, I don't deal with negativity at all and um, I'm not good with stress so um, I'm life's biggest warrior so I have to be very careful um, I suppose who I spend my time with and that they're not drainers. I love that yeah it's so it's so true, you know, and particularly what you were saying about the gratitude list, you know, I, I try when I get up in the morning, you know, write down things I'm grateful for. And the reason I do that is because sometimes we can get that tunnel vision and focus on everything that's negative in life, you know. And I think Albert Einstein had that quote, you know, and the most fundamental decision you'll ever make every, every day is whether you live in a happy world or a hostile world. You know, yeah. and if I tell myself I live in a hostile world, I go out and I see the grey clouds, I see the, the rubbish on the ground, I see the arguments, the people beeping the horn, the pollution, the negativity on the news, you know, all all the negative things out there that, that's fulfilling my belief that yes, we do live in a in a in a in a, a bad place that's full of fear and I'm not safe and this is terrible and you know, and I start confirming the whole belief. But like that with the gratitude if you can like change that thing to look at all the positive things you have in your life like I got up this morning and I woke up in a comfortable bed you know or the, or the drawer full of clothes or the fridge full of food or the kettle there that can make a cup of tea in about two minutes like you know with, you know fresh water you know I was able to have a sh- I was able to meditate have a shower you know and have all this abundance and good stuff in my life but it's so easy for us to focus on the stuff that we don't have or comparing ourselves to what our neighbours have or my neighbour has a, a nicer car than me or you know there's or that guy has goes on more holidays than me or they have more money than me or they whatever you know and we're constantly looking at what we're lacking and we're insufficient or inadequate you know rather than comparison chief of joy they say yeah and um, i suppose long even before my husband died i was never one to compare myself to anybody else i like to stay in my own lane and um, I always gave thanks for the simple things in life because often the small things are the big things, you know, waking up. The, the simple thing like I opened my eyes this morning, today is a good day. How many people didn't open their eyes today? Breathing, being alive, that hot shower, the hot shower I had after my morning swim, going to work, eating, walking and seeing the beautiful world around us and these are small things that we often take for granted, you know. Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? And that's the thing yeah. that we can, like they, they say the grass isn't always greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it, you know, and, and like that, yeah, just yeah. Look, looking out for all the diamonds in, 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 in my own life, you know what I mean? That if I can change the word want, to have like I used to go to bed at night saying I want I want I want I want I want the car I want the holidays I want the Ferrari you know all this stuff and now I go to bed saying I have we have we have of good health of good mental health of of ten years sobriety you know of a love of the simple things you know I love nature I love getting in the sea I love the circle of people I hang around with. and you know you talked about the importance of the the quality of, of the community that we keep or the circle of people that we keep and you know I've seen this thing uh, recently quote is like if you hang around with five smokers you're going to be the fifth smoker you know if you hang around with five pessimists you know you're just going to be the next pessimist that's like you know you want that's just, it's just really a negative kind of outlook on life and, and, and limiting yourself and kind of fitting into 
our circle, you know, and trying to find a sense of belonging where, where we don't belong. And, you know, and that's why I think it's so important that treat your life the way you treat your diet. You know, if you eliminated foods that don't agree with you, why don't we eliminate the other uh, toxic things in our lives that's probably not agreeing with our values or, or, or who we are as people, like? Absolutely. Have you ever come home after a really long day and you're tired and all you want to do is have a hot shower and as soon as that hot water hits your face, you're like, wow, that feeling of gratefulness, you know, like a hot shower. Sometimes this morning I was tired and weary and I had my swim and I certainly felt refreshed, but I just was so great to get under that hot shower and not take it for granted. You know, yeah, hold on to those moments. I think it's those moments. Um, and um, we need to hold on to more of those moments, those simple little things that we are so lucky to appreciate and that we often take for granted. It's so true. June, if, do you think if that ever, like, do you think you would have ever discovered the sea if that, if that ever, if that tragic thing ever happened in your life? Probably not. Well. Probably not. I was so busy with life, uh, busy with my husband, busy running a business, busy caring for two children and just busy. And it was only, I suppose, after my husband died and when I was really, I suppose, in a very dark place myself, I wasn't suicidal, but my mental health wasn't good. I was suffering from burnout, I suppose. And it was only when I stopped and got into the water that morning and took a little bit of time for myself that I realised, you know what, there's more to life than all this running around and life is short and um, we need to make the most of every day. Growing old is a privilege denied to so many people and um, yeah, it's important that we make the most of every day, I suppose, and take time to enjoy the simple things in life. That's powerful, June. What what advice would you I, Sorry. I have something that I wrote out here, actually, and I'm going to read it for you now. I came across it the other day and I had written it down for our podcast. But uh, strong is she not because of how much she can lift, but for how much, but for how she can lift others up when they are at their lowest. But because she is capable of withstanding the storm and then show you how to do the same. Not because she is indestructible, but because after every fall she will rise. Strong, not because she chose to be, but because the world demands her to be. Strong is the woman who never gives up. And um, I read that to myself on a regular basis since I found it. And it just reminds me to keep going and to keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Jill. Thank it's, you. Um, yeah, like, it's funny that, like, we talk a lot about our love for the sea and I get so much wisdom from the sea. You know, the sea doesn't speak any words, but it, it, it it's it, it's the example and it's very nature that inspires me. You know, the, when you look at a tide, no matter what's going on, the tide will always come in and always go out. You know, will always show up regardless of the circumstances, the weather, the shore, the whatever, how many people are in the sea, whatever is going on, that yeah. they will, it, will, it will always remain consistent and resilient. It will always, that tide will always come in and it will always go out, you know, and 
you know, Jet Li uh, has that saying, you know, always remain fluid, be like water, you know, and how yeah. like resilient and flowy water is or a stream is, you know, if a stream is coming down the side of a mountain and it runs into a rock. It just goes around it and continues, you know. I do. It's, um, there's, yeah, there's so much, so much wisdom in, in nature and, and the sea and, yeah, like that, it's, it's, it's funny how, I remember how I discovered the sea. Um, my dad was quite ill at the time, you know, and uh, he was in an intensive care in hospital and uh, he was like, you know, it was the kind of touch and go with him, you know, and I remember I was actually sitting in a, at, a, at an AA meeting and I was sharing about this thing going on and, you know, after the meeting, a friend of mine, look at him on the way down for a sea swim. Do you want to come down with me and check it out? And I remember thinking, it's the middle of fucking March or something. <laughs> I'm not going down to the sea, be freezing. And he's like, just check it out, you know. And what I got from this guy actually was was just his, like, his whole demeanour. He just had this sense of calmness and, like, just this kind of glow off him that I found quite attractive like you know just like I was like this this guy knows what he's talking about this guy seems really healthy like you know so it's that thing like don't don't show me or don't tell me show me you know it, it, like instead of promoting it like to make it attractive like the sea dipping and that's what he, he was doing like he just made it seem really attractive and I think that's why I listened to him and go okay so I went down for a swim with him you know and I remember getting in and getting out and going that was I must have been about Three seconds, a world record for the quickest sea dip, tea bag dip. <laughs> but uh, you know, I remember getting out, going, "Jesus, that that was wild!" Like, you know, why would you do that? And then the seconds, just the feeling, just hit me. You know, it was like I was carrying around this boulder with me, and all of a sudden, just had to take it off. You know, and stop carrying it and being like, "Wow, that was incredible!" You know, that just, you know, that it just mellowed me out, made me seem okay, made everything just kind of made me be present. In the moment, like I, I was out of my head. I was in my head worrying about my dad, about jobs, about bills, about traffic jams, about emails. And then when I when I got into the sea, it was just so so. It, it was so painful that I had no choice but to be in the present moment. And then getting out, I just felt felt so mellow and chilled out and relaxed. And I was like, you know, I was like, well, I want more of that, you know. And I went the next day and the next day. And I remember I'd done thirty days in a row. And uh, I was like, that, like, I, I remember thinking I found this new thing that's just absolutely incredible, like, you know. And uh, and it was funny, on the way home, I remember having this big smile on my face. And then I got a phone call to say that uh, my dad didn't have long left, you know. And I remember going up there to the house and, uh, you know, we got to be there just before he passed away. And I remember just thinking the one place I want to just go is, is go down for a sea dip. And I remember going down to the sea. And, you know, I seen the city was quite rough and I, I was just thinking to myself, you know, there's no one else there. And I just I just jumped in, you know, down at the 44. And I remember thinking to myself, I I've, I've might have lost my dad, but I've, you know, I found this incredible resource and this incredible thing, you know. And uh, and that's what I love about the city, that no matter what's going on in my life, I always get in. I always get the sense of belonging. You know, I always get this lovely welcome in nature. You know, I never need to put on a mask. I never need to think about what I need to say or to talk about. You know, I can just show up and feel that sense of belonging and welcoming, like, you know. Yes, I do. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful. Like, um, yeah. Have you got, like, any special moments or that stand out in your head out of all the sea dips you've ever done? 
Um, you know, they're all different. Every day is different, I suppose. And because I live so close to the sea, there are some days where we can't get in. And it's still wonderful to go down, even on the, the wilder days where it's not safe to swim. And we go down and we just meet up on the shoreline, have a chat and uh, still come home feeling better, I suppose. You know, there's no standout days for me because every day is a good day when I get into the sea. I love that. And would you get into the sea every single day? I do. Now, there are days maybe if I'm away on holidays or if I am sick that I can't get in. My health hasn't been very good this year, but I still try and get into the sea almost every day. And even on the days I can't get in, I'll still go down to meet my community and talk to them. Or if there are new people coming to join, I'll come down and say hello to them. What advice would you give to someone that's never got in the sea before? Uh, I'll say, what have you been doing all your life? <laughs> what, are you, what are you waiting for? Get in there now. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't that. recommend it enough. Yeah, it is. It, it's, a, it's mad though. How, like, why do you think it makes us feel so good? What do you think? Why is that? I think it's the cold water therapy. Um, they talk about that all the time. And the endorphins of the, you know, the cold water and you just come out on a natural high. No drink or drugs needed. You come out on a natural high. Yeah, so true, isn't it? Yeah. And, and for someone like me that is fond of drinking drugs, you know, getting that buzz out of sea was such a, such a, like an important replacement, like, you know, and that's what I love yeah. the sea, if it's hiking, if it's exercising. It's funny because I know so many people in the recovery circles that are, getting to see dipping now, you know, and it's it's nearly like a direct replacement for, for alcohol. Yeah, 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 it's great, isn't it? Just being able to kind of swap, like, Friday nights or Saturday nights for, like, your Sunday mornings or, like, a sunrise swim instead, like, and I have more crack now down doing a sunrise swim with, with my circle of people or the people I meet down there than I ever did in the pub, like. Absolutely, yeah. It's funny that it's and like... I think it stays with you for the day, you know. Uh, you come out of the sea in the morning time and I think it sets you up for the whole day. Well, for me, it certainly does because I feel like I can take on anything. Yeah. After my swim, once I've had my swim. Yeah, it is because the way I look at it, right? So if you go down to the sea, say, and it's like middle of, middle of December, it's freezing cold, and you get into that sea... That's possibly the hardest thing you'll do that day, you know. And yeah. if you go back and you have to respond to a difficult email or you have to handle this difficult situation or you have really hard circumstances going on in your life, like getting into the sea just seems, just makes everything seem not as difficult, like. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's like, it just seems to, I don't know, it just seems, it makes me seem very, fluid and, and, and resilient through the, the other things in my day and I always like, there's even days like where I need like I I just don't I feel off when I don't get a sea dip you know, know you know and it's like when I go down and just get in like I was in there this morning and uh, you know the weather was nice there was a few days where it was raining and I even love getting in the rain as well it's very therapeutic but just going down to the own and seeing people laughing joking and just people getting in and just it brings out the kid in you you know it just brings mm -hmm. out that inner, inner child and you see the smiles and the happy faces and 
it's just the energy as well you see down there it's great absolutely so you you talked a lot about like you know going through burnout and the kind of struggle with your mental health what what advice would you give to people that are also going through that uh, the biggest um, piece of advice that I ever got, I suppose, was that it's okay not to be okay. And the bravest thing anybody can do is ask for help. And I suppose for a long time, I was struggling, as I say, with um, my own mental health. And um, um, I just, I didn't want to burden my family because we had been so through so much with my own husband's death by suicide. And I was very slow to admit, I suppose, that I was struggling and I needed a little bit of support. And from the very first day that I asked for help, I never looked back. You know, the most best thing you can do is speak out. What did what did that look like for you when you were going through that struggle with your mental health? Well, uh, I suppose I was, um, it was stress and anxiety mostly, um, constantly worrying about the next thing and the next was always something on my mind. I suppose I had um, I had two children and uh, one in particular who has found it very difficult to accept what happened to his dad and um, that was probably a big worry for me as well. So um, I had a lot going on behind the scenes and, you know, um, a smile can hide so much because on the outside... Everything looked perfect, and on the inside, I was a crumbling mess myself. Yeah, how did you, how did you deal with that the situation with your kids? Did you find it really difficult to kind of mind well, their mental I, health? I suppose we were all struggling um, in the aftermath, you know, and um, it's ongoing. But we take it one day at a time, and uh, we are we're doing okay today. Today mm. is a good day. Are your kids into sea swimming? Um, my son is a big wave surfer, actually. He's a phenomenal surfer. So he, too, found the sea and its healing powers to be phenomenal in his dark days or any days. He's struggling. He takes to the sea as well. He doesn't swim. Well, yes, he can swim. He's a trained lifeguard and... Um, he oh, is a, a big wave surfer. And then my daughter is 15 uh, a wonderful girl, and she is a fair weather swimmer. <laughs> is she? So, so she only gets in in the summer months. Ah, uh, jeez. Oh, so did your did your swimming have an impact on them? Did that kind of influence them to get into it? Um. Oh, I'm I'm sure it. Maybe it. When they're older, they'll realize probably what I'm doing and the difference I'm making. When you're a teenager, you can be very wrapped up in yourself. And um, I think it's when they're older, they'll appreciate that, I suppose, all I have done and all I am doing to try and make a difference and to try and get people talking about their mental health. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I've seen on your Instagram, you're having a big swim uh, that's coming up soon to oh, raise, aware- yeah. Yeah, raise awareness around mental health. Yeah. What, so like, you- what, like... If you could go back and say in the past, before your husband passed away, would you have done it differently? I suppose you always think, um, what if, if I had done this or if I had done that? But uh, you always think you could have done something differently, maybe. And um, I hope that I did all I could at the time to 
to help my husband, of course, not realising what his plan was. So, um, yeah, there are always regrets, but I suppose we can't keep looking back. We have to try and move forward and look to the future. That's powerful. That's beautiful. And, 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 June, if you were to meet your husband today, what would you say to him? Well, I suppose um, I was never one to hold a grudge or I was never angry and um, I don't blame him for what he did. I think he was very unwell and he wasn't thinking straight because I know if he was, he certainly wouldn't have left um, our children and he wouldn't have left me because we were very happy and um, I certainly don't blame him. So there, I wouldn't, um, yeah. That's beautiful. I love I love your honesty, June. Thank um, you. And I hope anyone listening to this podcast, you know, they'll, they'll take a lot from it. What mm-hmm. What advice would you give to anyone that are currently going through a difficult period in their life? Um, to talk to somebody, lean on somebody. I think there's always somebody willing to listen, whether it's a friend, a family member, or a work colleague. And I think the bravest thing you can do is talk to somebody. Don't to a problem shared as a problem halved and um, don't carry the burden or the weight of what's troubling you on your own. It's very important to speak out and um, to seek help or seek advice. And um, whether you go to your GP or you talk to a friend, as I say, and they will be able to point you in the right direction and um, there's no shame in asking for help. Absolutely no shame. It's a very brave thing to do when you are struggling. That's powerful, Jill. So you, you were talking in a lot there about like your you get up in the morning and you know you do your gratitude list. Like, what other things would you do on a, a daily basis to kind of keep your mind and your health in a good place? Well, the first thing every day probably is my sea swim. Um, my gratitude journal is at the end of each day and I will try and maybe get a short walk in every day. I'll try and spend time with people who uh, bring out the best in me and I always feel so much better after that. And I like, I'm a people person and I like to be around people. So, um, and I go to the church, not every day, but I go to the church a couple of times a week, two or three times a week, and I um, I get a great sense of calm there. It's not that I'm deeply religious and that I go to Mass every Sunday. I don't, but I have great faith, and I'm a firm believer in the power of prayer and the power of lighting candles. I'm a fierce woman for lighting candles. I was in the church before we came on the podcast today, lighting candles for, I have a Big following on social media on my Instagram page, almost 30,000 people. And I'm always lighting candles for somebody who needs a candle. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'll be a a big person of fate as well. And yeah, I think think fate can be a game changer in life. You know what I mean? Just to know that, uh, you know, there's something bigger than us out there. That kind of, you know, that's looking after us essentially. You know what I mean? That we... We we don't have to do it on our own, you know, and like and, and like let being able the ability to kind of let go and just like you know it's it's like the, the like the script is already written, 
you know, and letting go of things and powerless over and, you know, just go see life as a journey or current, even probably a better term to use. Just your I'm in the current and just enjoy enjoy the process, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's um yeah, my, and like that with my, my um you know, I remember growing up and I didn't like, I used to have a fear of, of religion and the church, you know, and kind of, I think as a kid, I remember sitting in the church one day and, you know, my mom used to bring us every Sunday and she bribed us with like, oh, I'll get you a chocolate bar, you know, and if you come. I remember one time being in the church and the priest was like, oh, if you ever rob or steal, you're going to, you're going to hell. I remember thinking, if I'm only had to rob a pack of penguin bars out of the shop, like, you know, and so I had this fear. <laughs> and so we always grew up with this kind of, I thought, associated God with like the, with the church. And I always had, but I always had a spiritual connection, but not via the church, if that makes sense. And I think after I got sober, I kind of rediscovered that sense of God, but in, in the outdoors and like the letters G-O-D, for me, stands for great outdoors, you know, and I always get a great sense of faith when I'm in the sea or if I'm out hiking, you know, or when I'm meditating. And I love going into churches as well, you know, and just that, that energy I get. But I think I'd have like an ad hoc spirituality. Like I wouldn't be associated with one religion. Like I love like the philosophies of Buddhism and, you know, Hinduism and, you know, bits from the Catholic church and christians and muslims and all religions i think they all serve a purpose like and they all help people you know but i think it's important yeah. once you have your own concept or, or your own faith that helps you like you know yeah so june before we finish the podcast i just want to ask you a couple of uh, quick fire questions if that's okay <laughs> go ahead so today what is your what for you what is happiness Happiness for me is um, it's having a roof over my head. It's having, I'm very blessed to have two happy, healthy children and it took us a long time to get to this place. So um, I'm very happy with my lot. And I often say um, I might may not have everything I want, but I have everything I need right now. And that's huge. That's powerful. I love that. I love that. What's the greatest advice you've ever gotten? The greatest piece of advice I was ever given is this too shall pass. I love that. What's, and it will. It always passes like a kidney stone, but it does pass. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Um, the worst advice I've ever gotten. Um. I have to think about that one now. Uh, gosh, I haven't really been given any bad advice, to be honest. Not that I know of, anyway. Brilliant, brilliant. If the sea was a person, what would you say to it? I'd say thank you. And I'm sure I'd say you're very welcome. <laughs> if you could go back and give yourself advice when you were 20, what would it be? It would be to um, always do your best and um, to treat everybody you meet with kindness because a smile can hide so much pain and you have no idea what's going on in anybody's life and um, to just be kind. I love that. What, where do you see yourself in five years? 
I see myself getting into the sea every morning at 9.15, hopefully until I, if I live to 104, which I, I plan to, um, I intend to be getting into the sea even with my little Zimmer frame if I can. So I hope to be still living in Spanish Point because there's no place like home for me. And I plan to swim every day for as long as I'm able. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Home is where the heart is. And I'm happiest. I'm happiest at home. And I'm happy with um, my two children under my roof. And um, I, I, I don't need much in life, material things. I have a lovely home, but I'm not looking for the next thing. I'm quite content with my lot. I love that. Were you happy to see your neighbours winning the All-Ireland? I was very happy to see my neighbours winning the All-Ireland. <laughs> I have lots of sea swimmers from Limerick, actually. So it's it was wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. I love that. Yeah, it was a great, great game. And mm-hmm. hopefully Claire now could start to get their act together and uh, bring home a few trophies. Yeah. No, it's, been, it's been great chatting to you. And I can't wait to meet you and uh, get a seat if, when you're up this way. Get it one in White Rock, and, and next time I'm down in Clare, I will definitely come down for a sea dip and a couple of parties too. I cannot wait. I look forward to that. Jim, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. My so, pleasure. Colin. So, just if anyone, uh, just as as we were saying, uh, June has a daily sea dip at Spanish Point. At, is it nine fifteen, June every morning? Yeah. Morning, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. So, oh, feel free that. to join me anytime. I love that, and uh, and then was uh, this Sunday a very special uh, day? It's the third annual swim. As uh, I, I'm just reading, here. mental health awareness swim on this Sunday. Yeah. Huli at eight thirty a.m. Yeah, and then the, yeah, that's awesome. Great, thank you so much. Thank you so so much, Joan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Bye.